can have your Bibles this morning. Luke chapter 12. Now you'll notice in verse 1, I want you to see who's listening to this story that Jesus told. In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, so understand there is this huge crowd. He said it couldn't be numbered. So there are thousands of people that have come to flock to hear Jesus Christ speak. And so in that time, he knew they were coming. He said, there's something really important. What are the most important things I need to tell this crowd? Because I may never have a chance to tell this huge crowd the same thing again. So what would I like to tell them? So he made this story up and he prefaced it with uh, a moral of the story and broadened it out. Notice verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. All right, now, now follow with me. This word covetousness, uh, it, it's philagetra. Uh, it is a lover of shiny things. It's really a lover of silver, but because it shines, the root is something to shine. And philo is to love. So he said, he's a, be careful, beware of being a lover of shiny things. How many have seen some paint jobs on some cars that you looked at and said, wow, that's beautiful. All right? Be careful, beware of shiny things. How many have ever gone through a jewelry store and they have these lights that shine on them and it makes a quarter carat look like a two carat diamond? And you look at it and they just glow. And you walk through and say, wow, they get the most beautiful jewelry. Uh, they, they make it to shine. And so if we're not careful, covetousness gets in our heart. Now, when covetousness gets in our heart, it taints everything that we see and value. So the Lord said, now, beware of covetousness because your life doesn't consist of the things you've got. Now, in our world, what you have is one of the most important things. Now, notice, if you would, the parable, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, understand, he's already rich. Now, the definition of rich is having more than you need, an abundance. You have more than you need. How many of you can eat everything in your refrigerator today? Okay, you're rich. How many, how many of you can wear everything in your closet today? You're rich. You have more than you need. So he said, look, be careful. And so here's a rich man, so let's put ourselves in this place. Well, we're rich today. You may say, oh, pastor, I'm not rich. Um, uh, I'm really not rich, but you're not rich in your definition. But in God's definition, we are rich. Notice what he says, verse 17. 
And his fruit, his, his fields multiplied tremendously. And by the way, that's of a blessing of the Lord. But notice verse 17. And he thought within himself. Now we have to be careful of that. And I'm going to go through four thoughts that he had, that it's obvious that he had. Notice if you would, he thought within himself, what shall I do? Maybe you're here today and you say, what will I do? Um, uh, what am I going to do tomorrow with what I have? So notice what he says. I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Now, I, I, ha- I have no place to, uh, to, to put the things that I've bought, maybe. Uh, how many of you have looked at your closet and your clothes are all like this? Kind of crammed up. Boy, it'd be nice if I had a little bit bigger closet. Well, how many of you have driven your car into your garage and you're, it's real tight? You can't kind of get your doors open like you'd like. Well, just get one car then. You know what we do? What am I going to do? I could get a smaller car or I could get a bigger garage. So we begin to think, what am I going to do? I could get rid of some of my clothes or I could get a little bigger closet. You know, one of the number one things that people look for when they go to buy a house, closets. That's what they look for. They got stuff. How many have seen down the street to the left here, Cube Smart, like a six-story building? It's for people to, people don't live there. There's nobody in there living. You know what they got in there? extra stuff. And you say, oh, we're not rich, but we got to have a place to put our stuff. The stuff that you don't use for the next. Now, uh, the church is in a position where that's what CubeSmart is for. Uh, we have this building. It, it's not enough to, uh, to take care of all the stuff. We moved from a different spot and we're building the gym. So we need a little bit, we need a, uh, some place to put our stuff. So we went down there and said, no, we didn't use CubeSmart. We used the next one. But those kind of places, storing your stuff are everywhere. You don't know why? Because Americans, we're, we have a little bit more than we need. We're rich. So I just want to go through a few things about this rich man. Number one, I want you to get this. He overestimated his time. And I think in this room, all of us can do that. Look, if you would, in verse number 20. Um, But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. So he, in his mind, says, I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to build new barns. I, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to, next week and next month, it may take me six months or a year. And so he says, look, I'm going to plan to do all these different things. But notice what he did. He overestimated his time. And did you know everybody in this room, if we're not careful, we'll overestimate the time we have. You might say, well, pastor, are you trying to scare us? No, let me take you to a verse. Proverbs 27.1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. So we get up in the morning, and we've got all these plans for tomorrow. How many of you have got lists, and you've got lists of things you've got to do? And, and he said, look, don't, don't sit down and think about what you're going to do tomorrow. You, you're overestimating your time. Oh, yeah, you may have tomorrow, but you don't know that. 
If you have your Bible, turn if you would to James. This is what the rich man did not do. Notice with me, if you would, James chapter 4. Notice with me, if you would, this verse. This is what happens when we get a little more than we, ha- we need, which it's just about all of us. Notice, if you would, in verse number 14. In verse number 13, he says, uh, today or tomorrow we will go into a, such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Is that what everybody here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to work tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in, in two weeks, I'll get my check, and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, and in uh, six months, we're going to get re- reservations for a cruise, or we're going to get reservations for uh, this place or that place. We've got to get a reservation. So he says, look, uh, we're going to buy and sell and get gain. And verse number 14, he says, wait a minute, don't overestimate your time. Doesn't mean you don't plan. But the mindset that God wants is in this passage. And the rich man didn't have it. He overestimated his time. And all of us can do that. And the only way we can avoid that is by doing one thing. Notice, if you would, verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Anybody ever boiled water and you see the steam coming off of it and it disappears? He said, that's your life. And so a young person, they, they get up and they say, man, I, you know, I've got the rest of my life. Uh, everybody here, be careful of overestimating the amount of time you have. How do you do that? Verse number 15. For, what, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live. And do this and do that. For now you rejoice in your boastings. We're going to go on this. We're going to do that. And we're going to go here. We're going to go there. All such rejoicing is evil. Notice what he says. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. To the person that doesn't say, Lord, if this is your will for me to go on that cruise in six months, I'll enjoy it. Lord, if it's your will, if not, your will be done. The Lord's prayer, thy will be done. And so what this rich man did was he overestimated his time, and all of us do that. We don't think about, Lord, if this is your will. Lord willing, I'm going to do this. Lord willing, I'm going to do that. And so you and I have to say, Lord, I want to put you first in my time This rich man had no thought of time from the Lord. He just assumed he's going to have months and years. Notice the the passage. Look back if you would. Notice what he said. He said in verse number number 19, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So what is he saying? He said many years. He assumed, he overestimated the amount of time that he had. And all of us in this room, we can do that exact thing. And the Lord gave the parable and says, look, don't plan your life around all the the things that you've got on your calendar. Take those things and lay them before the Lord and say, Lord, if it's your will, I want to do this. You and I learned the lesson that this rich man did not learn. He overestimated the time that he had in this life. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. 
All of a sudden, one thing happens, and bang, your whole life is different. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the Lord said, I want you to live one day at a time, and that for me. The rich man, covetous people, people that are rich, they typically don't do that. They make all their plans out without the Lord. Notice number two that he did. He overvalued his earthly riches. Look what he says in verse number 19. So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. He thought that riches brought happiness. He thought that having a lot left over brought joy. He thought that having a lot left over meant I don't have to work as hard anymore. I can cruise a little bit. Now, there's nothing wrong with retirement. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the Lord blessing you and you having a little bit of extra time, but you have to be careful of overestimating the value or, or overvaluing, overvaluing all of the stuff that you have as it brings you joy. It brings you the things that you're looking for because it does not. We're studying Ecclesiastes on, Sunday, on Wednesday night. And the richest man, the wisest man said all is vanity when he looked at all that he had. It did not bring him joy. As a matter of fact, he said in chapter two, therefore I hated life. <clears throat> oh, it takes time for the value to run out. But there comes a point in time where riches, the things of this life, no longer have the meaning they once had. He overvalued his riches. And folks today, riches are just a tool for you and I to, to please the Lord, for you and I to honor the Lord. Do you know why he wants us to tithe? It's not because he needs the money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills and the hills. And his streets are pure gold, his gates are pearl. He doesn't need the money. But we need to learn that the riches of this life are not the end all be all. All they are is a step. Lord, how do you want me to use my, the money that you've given to me? Lord, how do you want me to use the time that you've given to me? You see, we overvalue the things of this life. And it causes us to put an overemphasis upon them. So we'll work five, six, seven days a week to get those shiny things. But at the end of the day, oh, they just, ah. Jason Williamson was the number one draft pick of the Sacramento Kings as a basketball player. Played for 12 years. He was very gifted with the basketball. He was a great passer, a great shooter. Um, he retired. <clears throat> and when he retired, he could hardly wait because he said this, he made this statement. He said, um, I love basketball, but my love for basketball is nothing compared to my wife and three boys. You know what he figured out? Riches are not everything. Now, all I'm trying to say to you is you overvalue riches and think that they will provide joy for you. They will not. And there will come a day like Solomon when you'll say, I made a mistake. And the Lord gave this parable and said, beware, take heed to your life that you don't work 
just to get rich. You don't work to have more than enough. You work and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this, your wealth? Because everything we have in this life is his. We earned it with the bodies he gave to us, with the minds that he gave to us. You know, one of the saddest things to me that I ever have to visit people is dementia or Alzheimer's. If you can think clearly today, you know, can I tell you something? Value it. That's what's valuable. It's not money. It's not the tie that you wear. It's not the necklace you have on. It's not the shoes on your feet. It's things that have value that God gives to us. Don't overvalue your riches, the things that you have. Number three, and this is most important. Notice what he said, verse 19. Now say unto my soul, soul? So now let's part, part, he knew he had a soul. He's speaking to his soul. Notice what he says. He said, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Eat, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said unto him, thou fool. Now you know what a, the, the word fool here is the word M-O-R-O-N. In the Greek text. I know what that means? Moron. That's what it means. It means you're not thinking clearly. Now, we think moron is maybe somebody doesn't have a brain. It's the contrary. It's their thinking wrong. And he says, uh, the fool, the moron says, I've got everything that I need. I'm going to cruise in life. Notice he says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. The rich man and the shiny things took his mind completely off the fact that his soul was eternal. And you know, everybody in this room, you have an eternal soul. You have a spirit that God's given to you, and you need to make sure that soul is right with God. And everybody in this room, if we're not careful, if we're not very careful, we'll overlook the preciousness of that soul. We'll overlook the importance of your soul. It lasts forever, somewhere. It's with the Lord or it's with the old devil in hell. And everybody in this room, one of the reasons we uh, build a church and have comfortable seats and have the air at the right temperature and we try everything in the world to have people come and sit so they're in comfort so they can think about their soul and its value. What happens if you became rich and died in this heaven? If you have your Bible, turn, if you would, to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. I want you to see this verse. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. For whatsoever, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the gospels the same shall save it. In other words, he says, wherever you spend your life, one is valuable and one is not. Notice in verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world 
and lose his own soul. Verse 37, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. He overlooked the importance of his soul. Have you done that this morning? Have you overlooked the importance of your soul and its relationship to the Lord? Do you know you're on your way to heaven this morning? There's a reason why every service, I try to give an altar call. I try to give an opportunity for people to come to trust the Lord or to come and pray at this altar. Uh, it's a place where, uh, where you come and pray and talk with the Lord. Uh, it's a special place. And yet, you have to value your soul enough to say, I want my soul, I want to go to heaven. I want my soul to be in heaven. That spirit within you that thinks, that considers like the rich man, he thought about these things. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with all my wealth? I'm going to tear down my barns and big, bigger barns. And, and yet he didn't think about his own soul first. Now listen very carefully. Everybody in this room has got priorities. The first priority, according to the God of heaven, to thousands of people sitting out there was, what are you going to do with your soul? Are we going to make a moronic decision by saying, well, I'll take care of that later. You're here in church. Have you taken care of the future of your soul yet? Have you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? There's a reason that cross is so precious. He paid the price for everybody's sin in this room, for the price of your soul. And when Jesus said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. You want to know why? Because Jesus gave himself for your soul. And so he looks at you and he says, would you trust me to forgive your soul's sin? And I'll take you to heaven with me. That's the reason he died. But this rich man overlooked the importance of his soul. And he's speaking to tens of thousands, and yet many didn't hear. So he tells this parable. If you could gain the whole world. In my prayer list, I have many people and many things on my prayer list. But I have, and I don't know how many people on my prayer list, that I pray for their soul to be saved. Now, I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're not saved. But I don't think that they are. Because the way they talk, what they tell me, um, sometimes I know they're not saved because of what they tell me. I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't believe in religion. Uh, I, I don't believe in God. Or, or I'm okay. Uh, I, I go to church. I'm okay going to church doesn't make you any more of a Christian than walking into your garage makes you a car. It doesn't make any difference. You and I have to look in this room and we have to say, Lord, I come in here to meet with you to do business with my soul. And so today you're here. I want to encourage you to do business with God about your soul. Don't overlook the value of this soul. This man that God said, you're very foolish. You've overlooked the value of your soul. But I want you to see this one last thing. He overpassed the power of God. Notice with me, if you would, in Luke chapter 11, 
In verse number 21, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 12, verse number 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So there's riches two ways. When you and I give to the Lord, we're laying up treasure in heaven. Oh yeah, maybe it, it comes to the church, but it really is laying up treasure in heaven. When you and I give something to someone else, we fix a meal for someone else, we're laying up treasure in heaven. When we pray for other people, we spend time, uh, some of the time that God has given to us on other people for praying for them or encouraging them or lifting them up or, or, or being a blessing to them, we're laying up treasure in heaven. And he said, look, so is he that layeth up treasure on earth for himself. Now, all of us have to take care of ourselves in one form. We have to say, Lord, uh, here's what I have. How do you want me to spend it for your sake? Here's my time, Lord, tomorrow. Lord willing, I'll do this. Is that okay with you? He's trying to teach us the value of time, the value of things, and the value of our soul, and the value of our trust in the power of God. This rich man had no concern for God. Now notice, the story goes on as the Jesus is talking to these tens of thousands of people. Look what he says in verse number 23, uh, verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples, now they're sitting there, he says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or neither for the body what you shall put on. Life is more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. But keep in mind, who feedeth them? God does. Now, I want you to notice this. Number one, verse number 30. God knows what you need. Look in verse 30. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Your Heavenly Father, if you've taken care of your soul, your Heavenly Father knows every need that you have. That is the power of God, the omniscience of God. He knows you. He knows the food that you need. He knows the clothes that you need. He knows the emotional strength that you need. He knows the... Uh, the Everything about you. He watches you sit down. He watches you stand up. He knows you. And this rich man says, what does God know? I'll take care of myself. He passed over the power of God. Christians today don't pass over God's power. God knows you. Think about that. Everybody in this room, he knows your needs. But number two, I want you to notice, he cares for you. Look at verse 32. Fear not, little flock. That's us, all of his children. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, look, I care about you. You're my, my good pleasure is to be good to you. Now, can you imagine that the God of heaven says, I delight. It's my joy to be good to you. Do you understand that the power of God, that he can do anything for you? Because he cares for you. You're his good pleasure. I don't think that rich man had one thought that God cares about me. 
And most of the time when we get caught up in the things of this life and our, our schedule is our own and not the Lord's and we don't lay it before him and we get busy one thing after another, we're rushing back and forth. We don't realize God knows and he cares about you. But then I want you to see this last thing. Look at verse 31. But rather, because he knoweth, in verse 30, he knows all the things you have need of, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God. In other words, seek to please him. It's a matter of priorities. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. And then notice what he says, and all these things could be added unto you. Is that what it says? It's a promise of God. All your needs would be added unto you. Now, you and I can't list the needs. Well, I need three more suits, and I need, uh, I need a new car, and I need this, and I need that. He knows what we need. And when we say, Lord, I'll trust you to take care of these things, we can live a very comfortable and happy life if long as you understand the power of your God, that he knows you, he knows your needs, he cares for you, and he delights to be good to you, and he has the power to, to provide for you everything that you need. Notice verse 31, and all these things shall be added unto you. Today, what are you valuing? What's important to you? In the early 1900s, October 9th, there's an article in a paper. Have you ever heard of John Livingston? Anybody ever heard of John Livingston? Uh, John died one of the richest men in Ontario, Canada. He had a brother. They grew up together in a Scottish home, simple Scottish home. Both were under the same instruction. The time came when both boys made decisions affecting their whole lives. One decided to forsake all and follow Christ and do what the Lord wanted him to do. The other lived in luxury and died filthy rich. David Livingston died in a hut in Africa with thousands of people that loved him and that he had changed their lives by telling them of Christ. All over Africa, David Livingston is dead. Oh, my. In a newspaper, a brief note was put in. The brother of David Livingston has died. You know what that tells us? What you value makes all the difference. One man died with everything he could want and left it all. Another man didn't have much, but people around the world, he changed their lives. Today, what do you value? Are you overestimating your time? 
Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Are you overvaluing your riches? Are you a lover of shiny things? Lord, this is not mine, this is yours. How do you want me to use it? And are you overlooking your soul? If you have today, come trust Christ. Don't pass over the fact that your God can do anything today. If you're carrying away, you come to this altar and say, Lord, I need you today. He knows that. And he takes pleasure in providing all of your needs. Let's bow forward a prayer this morning. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation to him. And maybe you're here today, you've never trusted Christ. You're not sure you're on your way to heaven. Could I plead with you to come this morning? Could I plead with you to just come this morning and, and, and trust Christ? Get it all settled. Don't let anything distract you. Uh, Lord, I, I want to get it settled. And, and maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I've sort of overestimated my time. I, mean, I, I just have my plans. I haven't said, Lord willing, I'll do this or that. I haven't really laid out, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh, maybe you've overvalued shiny things. Maybe you need to just come and say, Lord, help me to get my priorities right. Lord, help me to value you and your things more than all. And, and maybe today you have not realized the power of God. Oh, that's not, it's not unusual. It's all of us. But you say, Lord, help me to rely upon your power more in my life. Lord, help me to rely upon your goodness more. Help me to rely upon your pleasure to me. We're going to have a word of prayer. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you'd like to join our church. Whatever the need is, I encourage you to come. First note, we'll stand and you come forward. If you need to talk to the Lord about his mighty power, if you need to trust Christ to save you, you want to join our church, whatever. Could I encourage you to come this morning and leave knowing you've done the will of God. Father, today, would you speak to every heart this morning? Lord, you've blessed us. I'm so thankful we still have a clear mind uh, that we can think. And Lord, as we think, help us to put you and you alone in our thoughts and schedule our time, our values, and Lord, our soul. Help us to realize your great, mighty power and trust you today. In your name we pray. Amen.